0: Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Welcome to Footwork.
1: All right, all right, all right.
2: Before we get started today, we just wanted to say, welcome to the club. Footwork.club is now live, the official Footwork website where you can find all the Footwork content, including some new features.
1: That's right. Along with our podcasts and guests,
2: you can find exclusive written
1: articles, including blogs about our own stories, free products that can help with chasing the dream,
2: as well as our first official merch. All that and more So join the club. All right, David Rowley, welcome to Footwork. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, absolutely. Now, I have to start off because it is very, very similar to my path. Um, at 21 years old, you were a high school teacher or a, a school teacher um playing the second league in australia and you decided to make the jump can you please uh dive into that and give us some insight yes i was playing second division in australia i grew up in a place called brisbane
0: so the npl queensland which is the second division australia's broken up into the second division's broken up into different states so i was playing that and then doing my education uh teaching science teacher And then I was uh, playing and also teaching. And then at 21, I decided to uh, go to Thailand. I had a friend that was playing there at the time and he introduced me to an agent and then they uh, took me to some trials and eventually found a uh, team
2: in a place called Chumpon, which is six hours south of Bangkok. Awesome. And uh, I myself also studied and was uh, was doing my student teaching at the time, but I, I knew that I was going to take the jump to play pro I kind of decided that a few years earlier but what made you uh, decide that it was the best time to you know hang up the school teacher clothes for for a bit and uh, chase the pro life should I be addressing you as sir as well then <laughs> no
0: no, no.
1: <laughs> it's a bit different
0: <laughs> yeah like um, I always wanted to play professional football and semi-professional wasn't really enough in in Australia we we're only training three times a week and then I'd been to Thailand before on holiday, and I thought it'd be a, a great opportunity, um, yeah, to play
2: professional full time in Thailand. Brilliant. Now, um, our motto here at Footwork is make your own path. You know, not 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 doing, t- taking the normal route, just like you've done. Now, what does making your own path mean to you? Yeah, I mean, like everyone's
0: got their own story. Um, every story is unique. For me, I wanted to just play football. I love traveling, so. Decided to pack up and, and move overseas, and that was when I was 21, and now I'm 31, so already 10 years overseas, and yeah, had had an awesome experience.
1: Mm. I bet it went super quick too. Now, um, when you were 21 and you were faced with that decision, kind of knowing that you wanted to go play pro um, and semi-pro not being enough, was it tough to you know really make that jump to really quit your job? I mean, with whether it's societal pressure or maybe family pressure, um, were you feeling any of those things or was it quite an easy decision to make at the end of the day?
0: Yeah, for me personally, I don't think it, it was that tough. I mean, I was living by myself in Thailand. Um, of course, I miss my family, but uh, I'd, I'd traveled a lot before backpacking, so I was used to living overseas and... Uh, Yeah, there wasn't that much pressure coming from my parents or anything so they were supportive so it wasn't it wasn't a difficult
2: decision
1: Mm.
2: now you played uh you played two seasons in thailand or or you played on two separate teams um just doing some research can you tell us about the most dangerous city in thailand and uh how you wound (laughs) up signing for that club and, and what decision uh went into that So when I was playing in Thailand, there was a second
0: division and Thailand back then, it was broken up into the northern states and the southern states for the second division. And I was playing in the southern part of Thailand. So the team I played for was called Chumpon, played there for six months. Then I had an injury, went back to Australia. And then that team didn't want me back because they thought I was injured. And then I signed for the team that was second in that league, Narathi Wat, which is in the border of of uh, thailand and malaysia and yeah that's the to answer your question the most dangerous city in in thailand but it, it's not that dangerous but they had some problems in the past um, with uh, islamic extremists but i think the situation now is good so in that in that city there was at the time army blocks to get into the city and the car had to be checked before you went to the airport for explosives whatnot but um, it was safe inside the city. It was just outside,
2: I think, in the villages um, where there was a bit of trouble. That's, that's crazy and, and an awesome uh, first experience and certainly making a, a very unique path. And then you end up making the jump to Europe. And what, what went into that decision? Uh, because going from Thailand to Germany and eventually landing in Luxembourg first, how, how did this come about? Um, through love,
0: mate. Met a, met a girl um yeah i uh, met my girlfriend in uh, Bangkok at, at the airport she was in the immigration line she was from germany so at the end of the year decided to move to germany she lives in a place called magdeburg which is mm-hmm. one, one and a half hours uh west of berlin and then when i was there i was looking for a team and uh just connecting like as as you as you guys do just connecting with coaches players agents and eventually found a coach that brought me to Luxembourg for a trial
2: and I signed in Luxembourg and that was my introduction to Europe. Awesome. And, and how was the difference between the Thailand second league and what league was it in Luxembourg? Luxembourg was first division. Okay. And, and how was the, the comparison between the two and the differences? It's difficult to compare because uh,
0: in Asia, so you've got local players and then you've also got foreign spots so there's like four or five foreign spots uh, per team so of course these foreign spots are, are taken up by quality players like big cvs especially the higher the league you go and the better clubs so comparing them players they're like top european quality um but then the locals aren't so good but in luxembourg um first division the players are generally pretty good because there's players coming from the fourth, fifth division in Germany, uh, from France, from Belgium, and there's a a real mix. So the
2: league's quite good. Right. Um, And, and what about training wise? Um, I've heard, I've heard some crazy stories about uh, Thailand and South Asia in general, that sometimes the training can be a huge mix and it depends on, uh, you know, the coach is a big thing. Is it a foreign coach? Is it a local coach? You have players coming, sometimes, sometimes not. You have you could be just running for two hours. Um, whereas yeah. in Europe, it's generally pretty organized. And particularly Germany and Luxembourg, it's quite disciplined. Um, did you find mm. that as well? Well, I
0: started in Thailand 10 years ago. So as you know, uh, knowledge, it, it increases quite like, rapidly. So mm-hmm. back then, there were some, a lot of old school coaches. And I guess there still are now. But with uh, improved training and stuff, I think it's just it's uh, increased and there's more foreign coaches in Thailand now. But back then, yeah, there was training sessions when you would be running for a long time. Maybe sessions would go for three hours, and it's really hot in Thailand,
2: um, so yeah, very exhausting. Um, and then and then you make the jump to Germany. Uh, you played at Inter Leipzig first, yeah. yes. Um, correct, correct, and then eventually to uh, TB, which was tennis producer Berlin, Berlin, which yeah. I actually just played in preseason um, this, this past summer. Um, what was the difference between Luxembourg and Germany? Because now this is the Oberliga in Germany. So you go from first division Luxembourg to the fifth in Germany. Um, yep. Was there a big difference in the level?
0: Um, I would say there was, there was quality players in each because, as you know, TB Berlin's like a historic club. So, they had lots of uh, regional league of players and then like ex second Bundesliga players. So, they had quality. Uh, but there were obviously, as you know, some teams in the Oberliga, the lower you get, there's not so much quality. Um, so, there's a, there's a bit of a mix, isn't there? The teams yeah. at the top of the Oberliga, they want to try and get promotion to the regional league, the fourth division. So, of course, they're going to be a lot more competitive. And we were training every day, even though it was the fifth division. And did you pick up any German while you were there? Yeah, I, I actually attended a uh, German course for maybe six months. And nice. My, my wife tries to help me out with German because her family, they don't speak English. So I had to communicate with them as well in German. Nice. But, so we continue uh, this like, conversation in German. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when you don't practice it and all the grammar, you forget mm, a lot sure, of things. Sure, but, sure, Yeah, can still...
2: Yeah, I still speak the basics, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then your time ended in Germany uh, and you wind up going back to Malaysia uh, yeah. and have been there ever since. Um, yeah. What was the reason to leave Germany? Did you, did you have any chances at getting into the regional league or higher? Um, yeah. Or, or, or how'd that happen? Yeah, so there was chances uh, to
0: play in the regional league, but um, that was like not close to Berlin and didn't want to travel that far Um, in terms of coming back to Malaysia I had this uh, good opportunity because an agent knew that I had Malaysian background so I could come back to Malaysia I could qualify as a local player and uh, not take up one of them foreign spots so it made it a lot easier and
2: yeah been here for now this is the fifth year and loving it here now that, that's something that I, I did experience when I was in Mongolia with the foreign spots. And I know that in, uh, in Asia in general, there's different rules for every different country in different leagues. Um, yeah. but it's something really important for people to understand before making a, a blind jump there, that there's only a specific number of spots teams are allowed f- for foreign players, whether that's in the roster or in, uh, on the field at once. Um, what in the in Malaysia? What is the rules there currently? Because it does change often.
0: Yeah. So at the moment in Malaysia for the Super League, which is the first division, you're allowed three foreigners from any any place, and then you're allowed an Asian quota. So when I originally came to Thailand, I was under the Asian quota, coming from Australia, and then uh, there's a Southeast Asian quota. So if you've if you've rep- represented your country um, in southeast asia for example the philippines thailand you can also fill up one of them spots
2: got it got it yeah now you also uh just you know doing some research you mentioned something uh about you almost signed for the biggest team in indonesia Um, Mm. and of course trials as a as an aspiring professional are just part of the job and ultimately you you will always have them uh, at some form of level depends on what level you're chasing but if you you're pushing pushing the envelope as high as you can there will be failures certainly um walk us through this experience in indonesia because i found it a, a fascinating story and important for people to understand that um you know failure it's not not getting the contract is not necessarily a failure but it's just a learning experience yeah, you've done your research. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Indonesia.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just touch on Thailand first. When I first came to Thailand, I had I had trialed it like maybe six or seven different teams, and like it's unbelievable how many uh, trialists will come to come to a uh, training, and like, you could count when I when I was in the team, I counted like more than thirty that had come to trial. Oh, so. Mate, there's always trialists, and there's always that competition, and then like sometimes they won't even pick any of them trialists, and then they'll just sign someone um, that they that they um, already had in in the plan. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it you never know what's gonna happen. But with Indonesia, I think I was this was before I had started teaching, so maybe I was like nineteen, and I'd gone to Indonesia, and there was this one agent uh, who was very powerful in Indonesia. I think he was from maybe, I forgot which country in Africa, but anyway, he had signed the, uh, the coach for Procedure Jakarta, which is at the time the biggest team in Indonesia. They get 50,000, 60,000 for every game. And um, I told him I'm, I'm an attacking midfielder. And he said, No, at this, at this trial, you're going to be a center back. I said, What? So I went there, like um, dressed up nice and everything. Lots of lots of uh, reporters and stuff. Like, oh, who are you? Blah 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 blah. And I trialed as a centre back. And before I had trialed, the, the agent was like, oh, how much money do you want? Blah 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 blah. blah. And I think it was I don't know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Um, and he's like, yep, sure, like, as if it was nothing. And like, I think he was already counting. He was like going to get his agent fee and everything because he had signed the coach. He's like, yeah, you're going to sign for sure. But then um, this coach, he decided to sign another player and this agent was so pissed. Um, but yeah, that was one of the experiences in, in, in Asia, trialing in Asia.
1: Wow. And like, how did you approach that mentally? I mean, it seems there's a lot of things that are out of your hand in that. And so it may seem like that, you know, there's nothing more you can do. How did you approach that mentally? And how do you approach things like failure in general? Yeah, mate, wherever, wherever you go for a trial, you just got to do your best
0: with what you've got. And, and then what else can you do really? And like I say to everyone, when you go for a trial, you've got to be super fit. You've got to be tip top ready. Um, And, and with failure, I think, After talking to people when I first came to Thailand and realized they had trialed for so many teams, it's a normal thing. Failure is a normal thing and you just got to keep on going like I did. And eventually I found a team.
2: Right. And, and what would you recommend as the best way to get trials? Um, Because a lot of people like to sit home and email clubs and, you know, they're halfway around the world, say they're in America and they're emailing teams in Thailand, but the reality is that the chance of that happening, like you said, because there's so many players in every country looking for trials that we find at least that the best way to get trials is just to be in country, say, Hey, I'm here. could I train with you? And many teams will say no, but many teams will say yes. And if you're fit, if you're ready, um, there's a, there's a very good chance that they'll sign you.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're there, of course, they'll want to take a look, look at you. If you're across the other side of the globe and of course it's going to be difficult just add that um, one of the best ways is like how we are talking now it's through a mutual friend mm-hmm. so fabian was playing in asia he knew me i'm playing in asia so that's how we connected so if you know players in asia or you can just look them up you can contact them and ask do you have an agent that i can use or do you have any teams that are looking for, for players? And just connect that way because some will help you out. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of foreign players in Asia. Some won't help you out. Some won't apply. But that's all right. Maybe one or two will. And then you go from there.
1: And what are the best times to go on trial in Southeast Asia? What is the season run? And then where would you tell players, like, this is your best chance?
0: Yeah, so in malaysia we're starting at the end of february most teams would already have sorted out most of their teams so it would be like november december around this time when it's the best time to go for yeah
2: for trials and when does the season run through there is it from february to november december uh it always depends you know now with
0: the covid situation but this year, we've got the FA Cup and the Malaysian Cup back. So I would say it would run until the end of
2: end of October, middle mm-hmm. of November, around then. Gotcha. So it's quite long. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do want to get to the FA Cup. But um, before we do that, let's go back to your, your beginning in Malaysia when you first got there. Um, yep. Who did you sign for? How was that experience coming from, from Germany? Um, and yeah, let's, let's go from there.
0: Yeah, I, I signed for a team first called uh, Negri Sembalan, but um, it, wasn't, it wasn't that good. Uh, I had a knee injury, so I didn't really play there. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I've, my, my, my background is Malaysian. So my mother, she's from Malaysia, and I love living in Malaysia. The food's good. Everything's good. So it, it's different from Germany. Germany has the winter and a different, a different culture, but Malaysia is also beautiful. So it's very happy. here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And how would you
1: just, how would you describe um, Malaysian culture for those who have never been to Southeast Asia? I mean, for us in Germany, it's, we, we make jokes sometimes about the podcast about the bureaucracy and how there's a form for a form for a form and, you know, the list goes on. So what are some of the, um, the cool things that make Malaysian culture, you know, different? Yeah, just first, mate. What's the German's favourite number? What is it? Hold on,
0: let's think Nine. about this. Nine. <laughs> well they played. They love saying no.
2: Well played. That's pretty so yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, mate. Uh, Malaysian culture, <laughs> it's it's uh very laid back. Um, yeah, very laid back, easygoing people, um, which is sometimes a problem because they don't like to work that hard, especially mm. on the field. So, <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's a beautiful country. I think the best food in the world, and there's uh, beautiful places to visit, beaches. Uh, you've got the na- the national forests, the jungles.
2: Um, there are heaps to do. Hmm. Um, and then and then you make the jump. This is in the second league at the time. No, that team? was the that was the that was the first division, the Super League. Gotcha. But they were at the
0: bottom of the table when I joined. I joined halfway through. Um, so they got relegated and then I joined a second division team um, in a place called Kalantan um, mm-hmm. because I, I hadn't played. So I was, I was trying to find a team just to play as a small team. But um, after the first leg, many teams wanted me and I signed with uh, Kedah, which is
2: uh, one of Malaysia's biggest teams and, and did well there. Yeah. And, and let's talk about, uh, you make a move to Kedah. Talk us through this FA cup run because incredible scenes, um, (laughs) a packed stadium, 83,000 fans. Um, Walk us through that. Did you, did you sign? How many rounds of them did you play to get to the final first off? Um, Mm. And then walk us through your whole experience in the final. Yeah. Well, it's crazy how football can change. Like
0: six months earlier, I had a, a small knee operation then I went to this small team and the situation wasn't good. And then I, I joined Kedah and, you know, they have like a lot of uh, very good players. And it's a big team, a, a lot of support. And we were in the, it was the FA Cup. And first of all, there is like, it's, it's a knockout competition until you get to the quarterfinal and then you play home and away. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got through that, semifinal got through that. And then the final, it's always held in Kuala Lumpur at the national stadium, Bukit Jalil. And it's, it fits 80, I think 85,000 people. So we're playing a team called Perak. They had 40,000 fans on one side of the stadium. And then Kedah, we have 40,000 fans. And, you know, to get from Kedah to to Kuala Lumpur, it's like maybe eight hour drive. So yeah, 40,000 people came.
2: Yeah, it was mental. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and how was the game? Walk us through it. Because the scenes are absolutely just insane. Yeah, the, the football here, the football fans are really passionate.
0: Um, yeah, nothing like I had experienced before, you know, 80,000. I think that year it was like one of the top 20 uh, attendances in the world. Yeah, so it was crazy. But it's funny, like I tell people, when you're playing, you don't really hear the crowd that much. But when you stop and pause, it's loud. Mm. Um, And on the day, uh, it had been raining, so you couldn't really play football. So it was a lot of long ball direct. But, yeah, we we won in extra time. It was 0-0, but then we managed to score 1-0 and then held on. And after
2: 120 minutes, lifted the cup. And I would imagine that, um, you know, winning something like this and playing in front of fans like that was just, you know, fuel to the fire, extra motivation to, to continue to work hard, to make sure you're ready at all times. Like you said, six months before, you were out with an injury on a team yeah. that there was, you know, a lot of things behind the scenes that weren't going well. Um, I think that proves, though, to people that, you know, sometimes the environment is just, you just have to change the environment because. Yeah, for sure football can go so quickly in your case. I mean, you went from being injured to winning the FA Cup in front of 83,000 fans. Um, How important is it for you to, you know, first off, always be ready, but understand that, you know, football is a game of opinions and sometimes the environment that you're in is just not the right environment. It's not football that you are, you know, frustrated with.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Of course, sometimes you get conditions which aren't favourable. Maybe the coach doesn't like you for whatever reason. But, yeah, I think now that I'm a lot older, it's, it's important that you just keep on training, trying to get better um, at what you're doing. And then, like I said, football can change really quickly and, and you never know where you're going to end up. I give the, the, the case um, of Andrew Naboo. You might not have heard him. He's an Australian Australian footballer. He was playing in the second division of Malaysia and his team was doing really well, but he got released after six months. I don't know why, maybe something to do with the management, but he was considering quitting. He went back home to Australia. He managed to sign like an injury spot in the A-League, the first division. Mm. Um, players got injured. He started playing. He scored goals. He signed another year, started scoring a lot of goals. And then uh Japanese team, Urua Red Diamond, signed him up in the J league. And then that year the world cup was starting. um, And he got called up for the Australian national team. And just, that's crazy. Two years, two years prior,
1: he wanted to quit football. Wow. Did you have any, did you have any experiences like that? When, you know, times were getting tough where you felt like maybe I've given football everything and it's time to start something else. Or did you always have that inner innate belief that you would, you know, That it would pay off
0: um difficult question like i was still enjoying my football even though i wasn't playing at the highest level like playing full-time even though the money wasn't good um but yeah i always wanted to play higher but i always knew that you know if not if it didn't work out in the end then i could go back to to doing something else
2: Mm.
1: so kind of connecting with that i guess and connecting with um you just having an earlier job as a teacher I think a lot of people who have a dream of playing may feel cemented in a job or comfortable in their situation. What advice do you have to people like this um, that may have the aspirations or the dream to play professionally, but just feel too cemented and comfortable in their position, whether it's a job or in, at home and not wanting to play abroad?
0: Well, just to answer that question, I feel that, I mean, if you – if you want to do something, then you will do it. If you want to change, you will change. So I guess you don't want it that much to lo- uh, to leave a secure job. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: as simple as that, telling it, telling it <laughs> like it is. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. If, if you want change, then you will change it. If not, then you won't.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, and and you wind up winning the FA Cup with Keita, but then you changed teams that following year or you played another season with them uh, before moving to, to Penang? Yeah, so because we won
0: the FA Cup, uh, we qualified for the Asian Champions League um, and I signed another year contract with Kedah, And uh, we went to South Korea early in that year and we played against FC Seoul, but yeah, we got smashed. Um, Korea's obviously another level compared mm-hmm. to Malaysia. Um, but then uh, came back, played a few games, and then COVID, COVID happened. And yeah, we didn't play many more games after
2: that. At the end of the year, I, I moved to Penang for the next season. Gotcha. And is it very common, um, you know, season to season to change teams? Do, do many foreigners do this? Um, constantly, not rotating, but... Looking for new opportunities at the end of each season. Yeah, it for
0: a foreigner it's very rare that you stay in one place. I mean, fans they always want new players, new faces. And I think it's exciting, but it's hard to build a good team. Um, there is like one team called Johor in Malaysia who are like the best in Malaysia. They play in the Asian Champions League. They have a team that they keep together. A lot of the players stay there for years. But other teams, yeah, locals, foreigners, they're always changing, changing mm-hmm. coaches, changing players, everything. So a lot of players um, have changed teams in their, in their career in Malaysia.
1: And you mentioned at the FA Cup that it's, it was split 40,000, 40,000 for the fans. How ingrained is, is soccer, is football um, in the Malaysian culture? I mean, do you do you get spotted when you walk down the streets? Is it something like this, or um, is it quite? Um, you know, are there other sports that kind of are a bit more popular there?
0: Yeah, it's pretty much only football. So yeah, everyone, everyone knows everyone. Um, yeah, football is the main sport. Uh, badminton, it's small sport, but yeah, soccer is the main the main sport here there's not there's no rugby no nfl or anything like that do you play any badminton
2: no mate <laughs> pretty <laughs> not, pretty bad at it. Yeah. No. <laughs> um cool um now you have been in malaysia for a number of years now do you um do you see yourself your future self staying there do you do you want to play somewhere else i know you have you've said you had malaysian background so i guess that helps um, not being taking up a foreign spot um, teams obviously would really want a player like you who is foreign, but doesn't take up one of those valuable spots. Um, do you see yourself staying in Malaysia or, or making a move somewhere else?
0: Yeah. Loving Malaysia. My wife and I love living here. Got lots of friends. So um, yeah, would, would definitely uh, yeah probably stay here for the next few years. Maybe, maybe head back to Thailand, play a season there, but, but, at the moment. Yeah. Loving, loving Malaysia. So happy here.
1: And once you're, once you're in Southeast Asia, is it, I know you said that there's, there's jumping between teams, but is there also jumping within countries? Is that pretty common? In
0: terms of players going to different countries?
1: Yeah. Within Southeast Asia, like if you've cemented or made a name for yourself, say in, in Malaysia or in Thailand, is it, is it much easier to get into the, to the other countries?
0: Yeah, definitely, for sure. Like uh, you mentioned Mustafa Zazai before. He played in Thailand before, and then he was playing with me in Malaysia for a team called Kalantan, And then after that, he went to Cambodia. So, yeah, you you do see a lot of players jumping from like
2: Malaysia to Indonesia and all over the shop. And how would you compare um, Thailand and Malaysia? Are they very similar in terms of football-wise in the leagues? Uh, Thailand, I would say, is
0: a better league than the Malaysian Super League, the first division in Thailand. Um, but then again, you've got Johor from Malaysia, which can compete with the, with the best Thai teams. But overall, I think Thai players are technically better and um, more professional. Yeah, Thailand is top and then maybe Vietnam and Malaysia. And then underneath that, you've got Indonesia uh, Cambodia, Singapore. So that's how the rankings are. So Vietnam is a strong league. Yeah. Vietnam's a strong league. They've got some, uh, very Vietnamese players are very dedicated. I think it's ingrained in their culture, hardworking. And, Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment they're, they're doing well. They've got like Korean coaches that are coming in there and transforming the league.
2: Awesome. Um, now I guess we can go on to a little bit of a, a quick fire round, not so quick fire, but just a few questions um, that we ask many of many of our guests. What was what has been your most difficult moment so far in football?
0: Yeah, I would say injuries, having knee injuries, having operation, and then thinking, um, yeah, you're not the same player, you're not as quick, it's harder to turn, and there's pain. So I think dealing with that. Mm.
1: And what was your most proud moment, your, your best achievement, in your opinion?
0: Yeah, I would say winning the FA Cup in, mm-hmm. in front of so many people, in front of family. They had traveled from Australia. So, yeah, it was great. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? I'm not sure, mate. I, I enjoyed teaching, um, but not sure whether I would continue that uh, full-time. I was doing it part-time as well when I was uh, – when I was playing football in uh, Berlin and also in uh, Luxembourg, part time was fun, but who knows, mate? I like traveling, so maybe incorporate
1: something into that. Mm. Nice. And best advice you ever received?
0: Best advice? Um, not sure, mate. <laughs> A, lot <laughs> of, <laughs> lot yeah. A lot
1: of advice.
0: A lot of advice, yeah. Anyone, yeah. just, uh, just enjoy life. I mean, okay. Um, at the end of the day, um, we're we're so insignificant, and and you shouldn't get caught up caught up with uh, with problems because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter.
1: Mm, love that. Do you have any? Did anyone give you like the worst advice? Any agents? Um, any uh, you know people trying to get your money? Anything like that? On on off the top of my head, not really. I mean,
0: uh, because I've traveled quite a bit. You, you you're kind of cautious mm. but mm-hmm. i mean you learn things over time right so the experience of course, sure. made, of course made mistakes but off the top of my head i can't remember Got it. all right favorite book favorite book um i like autobiographies uh there's some some ones like uh what's the rape of nanking i don't know if you've heard of that uh Nanking used to be the capital of of uh of China and it's about when the Japanese invaded mm. invaded China and it's pretty brutal yeah and then the Japanese like deny it to this day even though they killed like thousands of people millions of people that's yeah, wow. pretty pretty mental Jeez. book
1: yeah. okay any um any quotes that you live by
0: uh not really mate just uh just try and have a smile on your face and enjoy life I
2: love that. And uh favorite Malaysian food. Uh there's a there's a thing called, I don't know, have you tried durian before? I have not had durian, and I know all about it um because Dylan and I were teaching uh yeah, this is a bit of a side topic We were teaching English to Chinese students and okay. they always spoke about it. Um but so all oh, I know really? is that it smells terrible, yeah, but it the, I was good. gonna
1: say, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so in this, in, this, uh, in this team that I'm playing at, it's called Pahang. Um, this state, they make the durian into like a soup and then they cook it with a, a river fish. And yeah, it's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite food. Ikan patin tampoyak. There's a mouthful. Wow, okay. Do you speak Malaysian? Um, yeah, basic. Like I'd say like German level can communicate, com- conversations. How with is Malaysian? They-
1: how is the Sorry. English level there? Sorry.
0: Yeah, because English is taught in school. The majority speak English, uh, basic English, and Malay. Malaysian's not that hard to, to learn. I mean, for example, um, book is buku, and to make it plural, you say buku buku. And then there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no real like past tense or present tense. or oh, okay. past tense or future tense. You just say like yesterday, I eat. Rice. Uh, okay. Instead of saying yes, I ate
2: rice. Sounds easier that. than German. <laughs> German's totally different, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um and we'll end off with this. Advice to your younger self. Um, in terms of footballing, I
0: would say the biggest thing is like uh positioning and and watch yourself like watch your, watch your games and, and seeing what better positions you can get into and, and that will improve yourself a lot.
2: And outside yeah. of football.
0: Outside of football, yeah. Just um like I said, just enjoy your life. If you if you want to travel, go do it. If if you want to do something,
2: then do it. Whatever. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right, David. Well, uh, I mean that was that was a quick fire right into the details right from the beginning. Um appreciate coming on. Best of luck there in Malaysia. I know you're in preseason right now. Um, season's coming up for you soon. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Fabian, for setting this up. Um, and yeah, we'll talk soon. Welcome, mate. Nice speaking to you. Cheers, Thank mate. you, David.
1: Welcome to football.
2: Wow, another incredible guest. Incredible story.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I mean, what really stood out to me is football can really change just like that. You know, like you could be so close to success, so close to achieving a goal and, you know, you just got to keep going. You got to be hungry for more. And that's what he did. You, you never know what's right on the other side of the work that you're putting out. You could be so close to a dream. So really what I took of that is, you know, enjoy it. It's simple. If you want it, go get it. That's what I
2: heard. Absolutely. And I, I also love the fact that he just spoke about when he was a teacher or working part-time, it was like, if you want something, just go get it. Like it's, it's really not that complicated because if you don't go get it, you just don't want it enough. And there can be circumstances that put you in that situation. Uh, Maybe you're tied down to something, but at the end, at the end of the day, you do have the final decision on it. And it is that simple. If you want something, um, you know, for him, he went out and just left Australia and went to Thailand and, after a number of trials, uh, you know, found a team and, and made his place and went on from there. And I think sometimes it gets a little overcomplicated uh, or people over it by thinking too much where really it is that simple. If you want if you want something, just go do it or just go get it. Um, and I think he exemplified that really well.
1: Yeah, completely agree. So thank you, David, so much for coming on. For those of you, you can follow David on Instagram, David rally eight, he also posts such great content on YouTube. Uh, David Rowley, search him there. And yeah, we wish him the best of luck in his new team, his new endeavor, and we'll be following along.
2: Absolutely. And lastly, we'll end it on this. Make sure you check out the website, footwork.club, and uh, go ahead and join the club there.
1: Footwork is sponsored by ourselves. Also, Kong Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at Footwork Podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out Footwork Podcast. Search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.